0: If you have not been following the news today I'm gonna break it down for you but today if you haven't followed the news and you saw the letter that President Trump sent over to Speaker Pelosi this is why people love President Trump this is why his base sticks with him no matter what and I can tell for those of you that don't like President Trump many of you that do like him you call me you email me you text us and you say you go Berg finally finally a Republican with a spine, finally a Republican that's, that's going to fight back and not just kowtow to the media. As I lay this thing out for you, you're going to fully understand what I'm talking about here. So initially, as we know, yesterday, we were going to talk about this last night, we just didn't have time, but yesterday, Speaker Pelosi suggested to President Trump that he move his State of the Union speech until the government's reopened. <laughs> I, I can't make this up because she, Speaker Pelosi, was worried about security at the Capitol because the government was shut down. So I saw that and I said, no way, she's serious? Like This has gotta be a spoof account. So I tweeted back at her and I said, worried about security at the Capitol, but yet she can care less about the security of our nation at the southern border? Can't make this stuff up. So today, and as we all know, President Trump normally is gonna get on Twitter and say something, didn't say a peep yesterday, had a speech today at the Pentagon, didn't didn't say a peep, of course at the Pentagon, but then today, as the con- congressional delegation that she was going to go overseas with is literally on the bus, President Trump announces that, um, Sorry, Nancy, but we are now canceling your trip and I- we're not going to give you access to military planes. Now, I realize you can't see the letter here or read it, I should say, in its entirety, so I'm going to read it for you just because, it's phenomenal. He says, Dear Madam Speaker, due to the shutdown, I am sorry to inform you that your trip to Brussels, Egypt and Afghanistan have been postponed. First stop, before I get to the rest of this, what's in Brussels, by the way? Why is she going to Brussels? Yeah, that would be where the EU is located, the European Union, the headquarters there. So just want to plant that seed, give you something to think about. He goes on to say, we will reschedule this seven day excursion when the shutdown is over in light of the 800,000 great American workers not receiving pay. I'm sure you would agree that postponing this public relations event is totally appropriate. I also feel that during this period, it would be better if you were in Washington negotiating with me and joining the stronger border security movement (laughs) to end the shutdown. This is my favorite part. President Trump goes on to say, obviously if you'd like to make your journey by flying commercial, That would certainly be your prerogative. (laughs) So believe it or not, I don't know how I found this picture, but I did, but I want to share this with you. We found this uh, just before the show. We can bring this up, please. Pelosi flying commercial going to Egypt and Afghanistan. Folks, this is incredible. Now, a few things just to sort of flush this out. One, did President Trump almost do, a fa- do her a favor not having the optics of being over there overseas because Tuesday these people are, again, not going to receive a paycheck, meaning these furloughed workers? He may have done her a favor optically. Now, many people are saying, hey, this was, you know, I love the fact that Trump's a fighter as well. And yet, let's not forget who holds the purse strings at the end of the day. That would be Speaker Pelosi, who's got the power of subpoena right now. You know, Pelosi's talking to Cummings right now, going, Hey, make sure you get those subpoenas ready. We're going to go right after the White House after this dog and pony show. But from obviously as a spectator, it's incredible to watch. So we'd love to get know your point of view on what do you think about President Trump saying, Hey, sorry, Speaker, but if you want to fly commercial, that's okay. Uh, please share your point of view with us. We want to talk about this tonight as well. Should North Dakota, the state of North Dakota, become a sanctuary state? And I'm not talking about sanctuary when it comes to illegal immigration or illegal immigrants. I'm talking about a sanctuary for your Second Amendment rights. As many of you may or may not know, but uh, North Dakota legalized medical marijuana a while back. But here's the thing. According to federal law, federal law, if you use medical marijuana, then you are not not allowed, not able to own a firearm. No questions asked, according to the ATF. Well, Representative Rick Becker, he wants to put forward a bill that Basically, it's going to tell the feds to go pound sand and let medical marijuana users also own a firearm. Representative Becker joins us tonight live from our studio in Bismarck. Great to have him with us. Representative Becker, thank you so much. sir. appreciate the time. I want to start here, obviously. Are you okay, sir, with the fact that the state of California is a sanctuary state for illegal immigrants?
1: That's a great question. <laughs> um, on, on a, you know, you're, you can ask me on a personal level. I disagree with it. Uh, you know, one of the one of the proper purviews of the federal government is controlling immigration, and um, I, I think that what they're doing is harmful, really, to their own state primarily. So, I mean, I guess that's up to them. But but harmful to us as a nation. So, I disagree with with uh, with what they're doing um, to take the approach of. A nullification or or this sanctuary status. I um again, uh, I guess that's a prerogative if that's what the people want to do. But then that's going to require uh, more action by the federal government, and of course it gives the federal government the right to cut off funds to California. So,
0: but and obviously you know I uh, you understand the way I set this up. I bring that up in the context of, of for me, I'm very much against sanctuary states. I'm very much for people Second Amendment rights. So I'm I'm sort of torn on on, on your bill because. I feel hypocritical if I say, hey, it's okay for California to be, you know, not be a sanctuary for illegals, but it's okay for North Dakota to be a sanctuary for Second Amendment rights. So that, that's my context of the question. So sure. just based on principle, um, why put this bill forward knowing that, again, you don't agree with California being a sanctuary state, but then why put up a bill that says, well, but it's okay for North Dakota to be a sanctuary for Second Amendments?
1: Well, the, there, there are a few bills, right? Uh, several of them were heard today. Um, and you're talking about, I guess, 1148, HB 1148 for medical marijuana. Um, I wasn't the prime sponsor on that. I was asked to sign on. And frankly, you know, I, it's <laughs> I, I don't think that we can actually do what it says in that bill because uh, federal law uh, has the primacy uh, and will always supersede state law. So. You know, that is not actually even sanctuary, it's a matter of whether our law enforcement would enforce it or not. You, you've also got uh, the, the same effect on 1326, the bump, bump stock bill. Um, both of those, again, I guess, are more of sending a message. Um, interestingly, there's, and I don't I, there's so many bills to talk about, but but a true uh, type of I guess sanctuary bills when I when I uh, uh, Discussed presented today one of my bills was 1309 That is um, I guess you could call it sanctuary It's really uh, more of a nullification even better state and anti-commandeering law and what that would do is not allow um, Federal federal uh, uh, I'm sorry would not allow state and local law enforcement to assist federal agencies uh, with the enforcement of federal laws That exceed the restrictions of our state laws and so if that were that bill were to pass 1309 um, then what you're looking at is this uh, 1148 medical marijuana and the 1326 bump stock become a moot point because those are federal regulations that exceed uh, what our state does and I think that's that's right and proper the anti-commandeering doctrine is well established with with uh, four Uh, Supreme Court cases and one of them particularly was regarding the Brady bill and the the, uh, federal government forcing local law enforcement to do background checks that was found to be unconstitutional so so going about this medical marijuana bump stocks and so forth can be done I think the 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 two bills in question directly attacking those are maybe more of uh, like I say a message sender going to uh, HB 1309 is, is actually a legitimate and workable means by uh, to accomplish the same thing. So but let, just to keep this simple for myself and the people at home, sir, sure, I guess my bottom
0: line question is, so you're suggesting, hey, Chris, we're, we're going to put forward this bill that will allow people to have medical marijuana or use it to also own a firearm, even though you know that it's not really going to do anything, so it's just a futile effort you're doing as an exercise? I guess, sir, I'm not following.
1: <laughs> Fair question. Um, You know, there are a lot of there's a lot of things that go on in politics, right? You can send some bills in that are sending a message to people that that really state where you're at with things, where you believe things should be as far as the proper role of the federal government versus the states and so forth, knowing that they're probably going to die in in committee. What it does, however, is a couple of things. One, the committee can work through it and see if they can turn it into a workable bill. The second thing is it sets up another bill in this example, 1309, which is really, really good. And when you put it in context to the other bills, light bulbs go on and you say, you know what? These really aren't workable because we can't just tell the federal government that what they just made law is not actually law. That just can't work. But we've got this other one over here and that really is workable. It makes sense. Uh, it does not put us at odds with the federal government. So so I understand that it might seem like uh, like it was theatrics, but you know, this politics is interesting. <laughs> sometimes you, there's a lot of angles you have to look at. <laughs> After I just ran down
0: the Pelosi-Trump thing, I think you could say politics is theatrics. So one last question for you. Yeah. I, I, I love wanna, that picture, <laughs> by the way. I do want to get your statement on this as the fact of this. Uh, these red flag laws, you, know, you, you came out last session and had the constitutional carry law. Many people, including law enforcement, were like, oh my gosh, we're going to be the wild, wild west. It's going to be nuts. And that clearly has not happened. Then you've got now this red flag law. Um, President Trump back in March said, hey, I think every state should adopt an extreme risk protection order. The NRA supports some of these uh, red flag laws. You say what to the current red flag law in North
1: Dakota? The, to the current red flag bill, um, I think it's bill, an atrocity. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's and it won't become law. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's nothing even remotely resembling anything the NRA would ever support. As far as what uh, President Trump says, I can't tell you because he's, uh, you know, a little bit all over the board on the Second Amendment. Uh, has even, you know, openly said that uh, it's okay to have due process after guns are confiscated. You know, this the things that will never fly in North Dakota. Uh, this so-called red flag uh, bill is, it, it has good intentions. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. But there are so many laws that have good intentions which not only have horrible unintended consequences, but they also never actually accomplish the goals for which they were passed in the first place. And this is an example of that. This is, this is absolutely horrible. It doesn't allow due process uh, for anyone. In essence, what you have is someone who could be identified as being a risk to themselves or others, uh, where a law enforcement officer could, could hear from someone, could they, the law enforcement officer could, could have interacted with that individual specifically, but they don't need to. They could have also talked to someone that that person used to be married to, used to date, has a child with, um, and it, it, the requirement for, for that law enforcement officer to go to a court and get an order where they can just go in, barge in, seize the guns, confiscate them, relies on only the level of probable cause. That's a flip of the coin on whether yeah. you think, well, you know, d- is this person a danger? I don't know, let's flip the coin. It's just a hair more than, than a flip of the coin. Uh, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. So the things that can make you considered dangerous include whether you've made a threat of violence in the last 12 months. And we're not talking, it doesn't have to be gun violence, just, just a threat of violence. Or you could have committed violence to an animal. Uh, if you, if you uh, were brandishing a weapon, a reckless use of a weapon—that alone can do it. And not only that, but if you were brandishing a weapon, if you did some social, some silly social media post, Facebook, you know, hey, ah, that's enough right there. I mean, it is—it's over the top. I, 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 I can't—I just can't even tell you how bad it is.
0: Well, thank you for that point of view on it. That's why I wanted to get it from you, and we appreciate the time, sir, as always. Look forward to having you back uh, very, very soon. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Representative Burke Becker talking there about the possibility of, hey, if you have, if you use medical marijuana, also being able to own a firearm right now that is against federal law, thus I using the analogy with the sanctuary state situation in California. All right, earlier today as well, we sat down with Representative Craig Hedlund. He is throwing a bill out there suggesting that we need to get rid of state income taxes in North Dakota by using legacy fund earnings. The reason I want to have this conversation because I want to ask you tonight, if for are doing absolutely nothing more than what you're currently doing, what would you do with an extra $866 a year in your pocket? What would that mean to you and your family? What could you do with an extra $866? Here's my conversation with Representative Hedlund from earlier today. Representative Hedlund, welcome to Point of View. Great to have you with us, and thank you for putting forward a bill that's for the people, the little guy of North Dakota. Just to give people an idea, what's the intention of your bill?
2: Well, thank you for allowing me to come on and talk about it. The attention of my bill, uh, there's a couple of reasons why I put this bill forward. One of them is to take the brilliance of North Dakotans when they put together the Legacy Fund and allow them to share in a little bit of the profits, the little bit of the earnings. Uh, The other thing uh, that I think we accomplish by this bill is uh, we take those earnings off the table from being deposited directly into the general fund, where they will likely be spent. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works, isn't it? It's,
0: so I think the big question is this: my, is. my understanding is that you're not saying, "Hey, we're going to eliminate income taxes." You know, tomorrow it's going to be sort of a gradual situation. So, do you have a plan in mind, on how much money you need in the uh, in the legacy fund, or do it totally eliminated? Or what's the plan?
2: Well, uh, right now, Chris, we'd need about a billion dollars to totally eliminate uh, income tax, uh, both individual and corporate. And, and frankly, the earnings aren't there yet. So we need the fund to grow. But uh, the funds are being deposited into the general fund today. So my uh, plan here is gonna take half of those earnings and apply them towards rate reductions. So gradually, as income taxes come down, the burden you uh, pay in the income taxes goes away. And I think uh, the closest we can come up with, and I have not received any concrete numbers on this yet, but I believe it's gonna be somewhere uh, by the beginning of the uh, 2030 uh, year, probably somewhere in that area. Ooh, so that uh, it, we could if okay. we choose to completely eliminate the tax burden.
0: So it, it's a ways so away. 10 years. Yeah, again, it's not a tomorrow thing, but I think the good news is, hey, there's a plan there to start to obviously lower the levels of uh, income tax for people in North Dakota. A couple of things quickly is one, I think you're probably well aware, in 2014, uh, then-business person, now Governor Bergen, came out and said, hey, the state should get rid of all, uh, eliminate the income tax. And I guess if you would, just to give people at home tonight some some context of what this could mean, According to Ryan Rauschenberg, our state tax commissioner, the average person that that gets a return uh, pays in $866 a year. So what would that mean to the average North Dakota to have an an extra $866 in their pocket?
2: Well, I think, you know, it could mean a vacation somewhere. Uh, It could mean a lot of different things for individuals. But you know, when you think of it in terms of what the tax generates. Uh, when we 're talking a billion dollars that could be run through through the economy on an annual basis, it, that is a big deal. I think that generates a lot of extra sales tax revenues, uh, other things uh, that help us take care of people uh, you know with the revenues we do receive so I think you know there's, there's a multitude of things that uh, can be looked at into the future, and you know offhand i, I can 't uh, directly uh, think of one but
0: no, but I think you bring up a great we'll point. We'll have 10 years to do that. It's not like the 866 bucks is going to go underneath the mattress. People are going to go spend it. It's going to create more sales revenue. So it's not like that line item is completely gone if we eliminate it. Bottom line is this, sir. I've talked to some people, um, at least around the legislature, hey, does Headlands bill have a chance to pass? And I kind of go, eh, I doubt it. Um, what say you? Can you get this thing passed? Well,
2: I think we can get it out of the house, you know, and and, uh, you know, maybe I'm misjudging it, but I have the leadership on board with me. I think there's a lot of of legislators that uh, don't want to see these earnings get incorporated into your general government spending, because what kind of legacy is that creating? You know, I really believe if we're able to accomplish this, we eliminate the income tax burden on both individuals and business, That is a true legacy that lasts into future generations for for quite some time.
0: Holy cow. You know, you're in Bismarck and there's common sense just coming all out of every single fiber of your being. So it's great to see that, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I say that, but it's true.
2: Yeah, well, you know, there are a lot of things going on, a lot of important work being done in Bismarck right now. You know, this is uh, kind of an amazing time in North Dakota even though we're not quite back to where we were in times of the boom there's a lot of giant ideas floating around out there we're gonna be busy you know I think over a thousand bills have been introduced and and believe
0: me uh, legislators are really busy and they're doing a lot of good work representative Hedlund thanks for the time again thank you for putting this forward one thing we didn't even touch on but I know you have in the past is hey this also can be a great recruiting tool for workforce recruitment to invite people to come here and have no state income tax, so good luck with this. Please keep us abreast of it, okay? Thank you, uh, Chris,
2: for having me, and uh, we will do that. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, I don't know about y'all, but $866 a year, that makes a difference, at least for my family. I hope it does for yours as well.